the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Love. Courage. Truth. Glenn Beck. So there he was, David Hogg, dressed in a snappy-looking suit, ending his March for Our Lives speech with the line, Thank you! I love you all! God bless you! And God bless the United States of America! What a politician. Now, wait a minute. Hang on just a second. God bless you. God bless the United States. I mean, I thought the entire reason they began this whole thing was because merely sending thoughts and prayers, that prayers were pointless. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. What a pointless thing to say. Hashtag never again. We've got to do something. And invoking the man upstairs is for children. Oh, wait a minute. That's who we are. Anyway, I digress. Hogg continued. We can and we will change the world. With that, he thrust his clenched fist into the air in triumph. Wait a minute. I've seen that clenched fist before. Yes, yes. I saw it in the 1960s, but that's not it. No, no, no. I mean, what was else that was a symbol for? Oh, oh, there. Yes, that's right. The the anti-Trump resist movement. That's right. I've I forgot about that. Emma Gonzalez. She was great. She gave her speech. She was rocking this great outfit with a Cuban flag patch on her army green jacket. That is fantastic. So we've got two kids advocating against the Second Amendment of the Constitution, while at the same time repping the resist movement and communism. Oh, this is neat. Now, I don't think I need to point the obvious out here, but I'm going to anyway. There's more going on here than just guns and leftists all over the country. Adult leftists have weaponized a bunch of Dare I say it? Well, I can, because we're just quoting Lenin. They've weaponized a bunch of useless idiots. So useful idiots, useful idiots. I, well, they could be useless. To, anyway, bunch of kids to do their dirty work. Now, how do we know this? Well, follow the money. Oh, wait, wait a minute. We can't follow the money. We'd have to be able to follow the money because there's all kinds of paperwork and all kinds of permits that have to be done for a march like this, right? Yes, but the puppet masters behind this thing have hidden their paper trail. It's a conspiracy! No, uh uh-uh. This is just the way it's done. This march was supposedly organized by kids for kids. Yeah. Well, it had its paperwork filed by a woman, not a kid, a woman named Jerry Rhodes. Now, who's Jerry Rhodes? I'm sure she's just a mom, right? She's just a mom in Parkland. Neither that or she's the CFO for Greenpeace, but now works for the National, uh, the Friends Committee on National Legislation. It's a high-powering, uh, high-powered lobbying firm in D.C. Wow, how did she get involved? You'll never guess, by the way, what they specialize in from their LinkedIn page. They focus on, quote, social and economic justice. Oh, rocking that Cuban flag. Demonstrations like March for Our Lives are usually set up as a 501c3. 
How do I know that? I've set these marches up. 501c3. But Jerry Rhodes didn't do that. Instead, she filed for a 501c4. It's one number better. Well, what does that mean, Glenn? Well, a 501c3, you have to let everybody know who's behind it. But a 501c4 status lets you hide your donors so no one knows who the donors are. Remember we did that at uh, the uh, Rally for America and, oh, no, wait, we didn't do that. Well, we did it when we marched on Washington. No, we didn't do that either because the press was demanding to know who was funding. That's right. Wow. Well, the press must just, they, they must be all up in arms about this 501c4 thing. Whoever footed the bill for Miss Rhodes uh, will probably forever be a secret for a couple of reasons. A, nobody in the press really seems to care who funded it. This is not AstroTurf. The rest of the March for Our Lives organizers will probably never be known. But this is not their, their first rodeo, and it won't be their last. The last thing they want is names like George Soros to pop on the tax sheet. And I'll bet he's just one of the embarrassing names that were involved here. We do know that Debbie Wasserman Schultz swooped in from the beginning to start linking these kids with progressive groups. Groups like Giffords, Every Town for Gun Safety. And, of course, they love the children, Planned Parenthood. And the Women's March, you know, the ones who have been linked now to Louis Farrakhan. They're the ones who took the roles in organizing this event. But we'll never know the full extent because big progressive donors don't want you to know who's really in charge here. A 501c4 ensures that no one will ever know. All the while, the media and Hollywood stars focus the attention on the kids. Oh, isn't that sweet? This is in chapter one of the progressive propaganda playbook. Progressives have moved on from simply invoking the words, let's do it for our children, to actually doing it to the children. If you're curious, now that the march is over, David Hogg isn't finished, he's now going to crusade for opposing voter identification laws. Get ready for more of this. Yes, raise your fist in the air. Resist. Sport the Cuban flag. Because this is only the beginning. It's Monday, March 26th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. So the protesters, can we play the audio here in the video? They say they want to assault, uh, to, to ban assault weapons, but do they even know what that means? Let's support the kids. Let's listen to their voices. Play the audio, please. I think there needs to be a complete ban on assault weapons. We need laws in place that are going to prevent people from walking into schools with assault rifles. Yeah, I think there definitely needs to be a ban on these assault um, rifles. Any banning of any guns, I would be supportive of. To give up some rights to have assault rifles, it's like a higher priority than people losing their lives. Assault weapons are not necessary for home defense. They're not necessary for the average citizen to have. What laws do you, do, would you like to see? What kind of guns would you like to see banned? Just assault rifles. Do you know what an assault weapon is? Yeah, it's um assault weapon. It's like a, um, I, I kind of do, 
but kind of don't. Okay. Um, like I no, I guess. Um, but assault weapons, like, does that sound safe to you? What an assault weapon is? Yeah, it's like it's a an arm that, like a gun, for instance, that you can buy at a shop pretty easily. That is, like, can can cause more deaths than mm -hmm. like one. Yep. I guess. Yes, yes, nailed it, man. More than one. More, they're good, right? That's assault weapons. Yes, those. That's what they do. They're, 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 they kill more than one. They, they. Oh, you buy them at a store. It's that kind of a gun because they don't a, even know. They want to say, you know, it's a big black, scary looking gun. Mm -hmm. That's what they want to say, but they know that that'll make them sound like an idiot. So they're trying to come up with something. That doesn't make them sound like an idiot, which isn't working right here. Like if you had this idea and you were like, you know what? God, heroin is bad. But uh, you know what's really bad is Mexican heroin. And you went to the, at the front of the American people and said, look, we're not trying to ban all heroin. We're just trying to ban Mexican heroin because of it's a really bad product and it does really bad things. And when people came to ask you, well, what's the difference between Mexican heroin and heroin from anywhere else in the world? Well, stuff for Mexico. Right. And if they didn't have an answer to that, you might correctly assume that their actual goal was to ban all heroin. Because if you wanted to ban just Mexican heroin, you would come up with a real, you'd have a real understanding of the nuances between the two products. And that's what's interesting here with the gun debate, is they come here and they say they want to ban assault weapons, but they don't even bother to get the most basic understanding of what the thing they're trying to ban is. Now, if you really care... And there's a real difference. And the only thing you're after, you're for the Second Amendment, of course, but you're really just looking to, to ban these assault weapons. Wouldn't you take the time to know what it is? No. No, no. no I wouldn't. Unless, of course, your goal is just to ban all guns, and this well, is the easiest one to get done. Well, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's a new commercial out. And it is all about gun control facts. Oh, really? And they brought the actors in, and they said, just read the lines off prompter. And then th they watched their reactions as they read the facts of the gun control facts. And it was kind of, it was, it was weird as they were reading these facts. They, thought they were learning as they went. <laughs> Listen to this. Did you know... According to the CDC, there were roughly 38,000 gun deaths in 2016. Two-thirds of them were suicides. There are over 300 million guns in the United States. There are over five times more murders by knives than by rifles. The U.S. has the highest gun ownership rate in the world, but ranks 28th in gun murders. That's a rate of 2.97 deaths per 100,000 people. Handguns are responsible for more than 80% of total mass shootings. Between 1993 and 2003, gun ownership increased by 56%, while gun violence decreased by nearly half. Since 1950, nearly all mass public shootings have occurred in gun-free zones. From 2013 to 2015, the six states that banned open carry actually experienced higher rates of police death. 86.4% of 20,000 police chiefs and sheriffs support concealed carry and are overwhelmingly against further gun control. Those that have concealed carry permits, on average, commit less crime than police. Hmm, imagine that. 
Yeah, what does that mean? There is a clear correlation between higher firearm ownership and reducing police killings. Switzerland, a nation of about 8 million, is armed with an estimated 2 million guns in circulation with limited gun legislation. Switzerland's overall gun homicide rate is practically zero. Gun ownership does not correlate with the homicide rate. Interesting. Um, I haven't, uh, I, I just kind of blindly chose a side on the whole issue without really <laughs> thinking about facts. I mean, I'm going to be honest, for me, <laughs> I don't really like go to the main news sources because a lot of it's always like pushed by an agenda. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, to get like the real facts, you always have to do more research. Mm -hmm. I mean, it definitely makes me want to do more research mm -hmm. about um, like everything that's happening right yeah. now with gun yeah. violence. It's interesting to that's actually right. take the time and see what the facts say as opposed uh, to what I personally feel. Uh, I didn't know a lot of that. Um, pretty much, yeah, pretty much all of it. Gun control does not really mean crime control. But it's not really up to the, like, the guns, it's guns itself that's gonna cause harm to people. It's really about the bad people. I mean, <laughs> it comes, boils down to people. No. It's interesting, isn't it? You watch that video at theblaze.com. It's, uh, it's remarkable to see them as they're reading these things. You can see them going, wait, wait, this is not working out the way I thought it was. There are very few statements of opinion in there. I mean, the overwhelming majority of those were just straight out facts that you can't really argue with. You can make other points that you think defeat those, but uh, the bottom line is those are truthful statements. This is something that you should take and share with all of your friends. Again, you can find it at theblaze.com, but you should share this with all of your friends. You can also share the book Control. Um, it is. Um, Who's that? Know, it's, it's a, Who wrote that? Hmm? Who wrote that? I'm just looking to fact check. I mean, sources are important I, I, to me. So. I did. I wrote that. Oh, that yeah. did not help your case. Yeah, well, every single fact in it is footnoted. I, I love the crime stats and the gun stats because they're usually from the FBI and the Justice Department. <laughs> is, that a, is that a thing you could say now? Is no, that, I is guess that a not. a credible source anymore? I, 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 guess don't, I don't not. know if we're allowed to do that. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to tell you about Liberty Safe. Liberty Safe makes great safes, but now they also make it easy to own one. At libertysafe.com, you can buy a Liberty Safe at a great price and receive a 12-month interest-free payment with zero down and zero APR. They even offer uh, Liberty Safes for as low as $20 a month. Liberty has been uh, with me for, I think, almost 10 years now, eight years. And I have to tell you, there is nothing like owning a Liberty Safe. And there is nothing like being able to talk to you about a Liberty Safe because they are just so rock solid. In the last eight years, we have literally seen this thing picked up by a hurricane, I mean, a tornado, and dropped a couple of blocks away. Still intact, door still closed, everything's still fine inside. We've seen a house in California burn all the way down. Only the chimney and the safe were remaining. It's amazing. Liberty Safe, great in-home delivery service, unmatched in the industry. And uh, they are uh, made here in America. Do what I did. Have it installed in your home. 12 months interest-free payments for as low as $20 a month now on approved credit. Act now. 
Your valuables are always protected with the Liberty Safe at LibertySafe.com, the best-built safes on the planet. Go there now, LibertySafe.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Well, not everybody got a chance to speak, um, you know, because it's not a march for our lives. It was a march for gun control, which is actually a a march for fascism. I mean, it really is. It was it was um, aligned by the same exact people who did not have a problem at all with all of the executive orders and everything else. They didn't have a problem with that if it was done by Obama. But now they are saying that President Trump is a fascist. I had a problem with executive orders and everything else mm, all the time. Under Bush, under this guy, under uh, Barack Obama. I got a problem with them. They don't. They don't. They have a problem with it if it's under somebody from the GOP. And I can't imagine you're saying that, uh, you know, I'm afraid he's a fascist. Let's give him all our guns. What, 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 what are you thinking? How, how does that even work in your head? How do we know that it really isn't about the safety of our children? And doing something? It's not about doing something. It's, doing about, it's, it's about doing something very, very specific. Ask the family of the murdered Parkland student that wasn't allowed to speak at the rally program which was registered and implemented in Florida and which would allow um, properly trained officers and, and, and veterans and unemployed veterans to acquire the training to protect our schools because we've seen in Maryland that the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun and it really concerned me as to how come we did not see you a single person. You would person. have liked more armed guards at the school. Absolutely. I mean we saw it in Maryland. He, he stopped the shooter. He did his job and had the cowards of Broward done their job, I think that the, the count in Parkland would have been much lower. We saw that in Maryland, that a good guy with a gun stopped a bad guy with a gun. The only way to stop an active shooter on campus is to have another person to, to eliminate him. Okay, the cowards of Broward. So he wasn't allowed to speak. That's Kyle. He, he wasn't allowed to speak. But neither, neither was uh, Andrew and Hunter Pollock. The hatred and sickness that fuels a killer to kill innocent students is something most of us will never understand. But that doesn't mean it's something we can't ignore. We need to be on a mission to stop these monsters before they take action inside our schools. We must demand our leaders to help those who are sick, but we must also demand that they protect those of us who are not. In closing, I ask you to say my sister's name to yourself. It's such a beautiful name, Meadow. If you say her name, it's impossible not to feel the beauty of who she was and who she will always be. Meadow, it makes me think of a sunny day, like this one, a day where the sun shines on our youth and shines on our desire to live a safe and happy life. I can feel Meadow right now. She's asking us to come together. She wants us to thank my families and the parents of the victims like my dad Andrew and Mr. Ryan Petty. and all the others are returning their grief into something positive. She says, thank you for continuing to fight for the survivors and students of all ages. Meadow is asking us to be smarter and to love and to share the common denominator we share. So here is, here is what, what's wrong with that message? 
What's wrong with that message? Why can't that be shared? That can't be shared because they don't stand on gun control. They're not popular. This isn't about taking care of our kids. This is solely about gun control. And it is orchestrated by very powerful, very left people. Glenn Beck, Mercury. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Well, we have uh, John James. He is running for the U.S. Senate, uh, and uh, he's a um, he's a a ranger, qualified aviation officer. Uh, he served uh, with distinction Operation Iraqi Freedom. He has earned the Combat Action Badge, uh, two Air Medals, among other awards. Blah 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 blah. Uh, I think this is he's a he's quote a lean Six Sigma black belt. So we've got that in common. <laughs> And uh, he's now running for uh, for Senate. Hello, John. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. So, so tell me, uh, tell me why you would want to move. You would want to uh, move to Washington and and be in the Senate. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. Can I answer honestly uh, for you and your listeners here? I, I don't. I don't want to go to the swamp. I think anybody who wants to needs to have their head examined. But uh, I am doing this because I have a passion for service. That's what led me to leave my, my, my privilege, my blessings, my, the, the blessings from God that I've been given when I was 17 to enlist in the military in the first place. Because I understood that too many people have died for my rights for me to sit on my tail and do nothing to, to give back. So I worked my way into West Point after enlisting for a year. I graduated from West Point in 2004. And I became a Ranger-qualified Apache pilot who had the honor to deploy in Operation Iraqi Freedom and lead some of the best men and women this world's ever known uh, into combat and bring them back. We fought in Operation Iraqi Freedom 0709, um, flying patrol missions, uh, air reconnaissance patrol over, over Baghdad. And uh, it was there, actually, that I was struck. Uh, we were going through the Great Recession all over the country, but no place was hit harder than Michigan. And so while I'm over fighting for Iraqi freedom, I get images beamed back to me uh, while I'm sitting in a dining facility, uh, images that look uh, of, of home, Michigan, Flint, uh, Detroit, uh, Muskegon, Saginaw, areas of my home that look worse than the combat zone I'm flying in. And I said, this cannot be in my America. And so I resolved that when I got done fighting for Iraqi freedom, I come back home and fight for Michiganders. And what did Michiganders need coming out of the Great Recession? We, we needed jobs. We needed opportunity. So I joined the family business, automotive logistics company, and was able to deploy some of the skill sets that I learned in the military uh, to, to lead culture change, to lead investment in talent technology, to grow my company from $35 million to $137 million and add and add 100 additional jobs. Uh, I believe that my passion for service, uh, it, understanding uh, how to bring people together to get results and accomplish mission and understanding how to do this and achieve this uh, from the battlefield to the boardroom is what we so, so need in Washington. And I'm answering uh, the duty uh, to, to go back and continue my service. And you can learn a little bit more about this on johnjamesforsenate.com. Well, you got it. Got it all in. You got it down. Um, all right. So, so John, you're you're running in Michigan. You're running against Stabenow. Um, what? Why should Michigan change from Stabenow? Well, uh, you know, I could effectively run on her record. Uh, when you consider 
uh, what she hasn't done in 43 years of elected office and 20 years in Washington. Uh, there is no better uh, example of, of somebody who's increasingly disconnected from the needs of Michiganders. When you have a sitting senator who is, is, uh, is just recently been shown that she is uh, serving, she's on her, at the end of her third term, she's polling below 50%, below 50%, and a generic Republican uh, is polling at 45%. Well, so that's what, uh, uh, honestly, John, that's because, I mean, you know, at least she's a woman, you, you know, you're a white man. <laughs> well, I'm definitely not a generic Republican. I'm a 36-year-old African-American man, oh. conservative. Oh, gee, uh, you're an African-American. I thought we only ran, I thought the only conservatives uh, were, were white old men. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, my values are faith and family, God and country, and service before self. I'm a Republican because I'm conservative, not the other way around. And my values don't belong to any particular political party. I'm running because I have a passion for service, and I want to do more for the people of the state of Michigan. And I'll tell you what, by running somebody like me, who can broaden the back of the elephant to include millennials and minorities the way no other candidate can, I believe we have an opportunity not just to win this seat, but to get a massive win for our party for generations. So who are the people, John, in the Senate that you admire, that you would say that these are the people I want to hang out with? Well, uh, I say Tom Cotton does a good job sticking to his guns and, uh, and uh, delivering on conservative principles. He's also a uh, veteran as well. And I think that by getting more veterans uh, on the look, as I travel around the state, really, I, I have to tell you, uh, is all the chaos. People want, uh, want somebody uh, who understands how to keep Americans safe because they've done it before on the floor of the U.S. Senate as the world becomes a more and more dangerous place. And uh, someone like Tom, I believe, does a great job. So uh, um, I have, you know, I've seen reports that uh, military guys, when they get in, they're much more likely to expand the power of the government because it's what they know as opposed to limit the power of the government. Well, uh, I would also say that I'm not a one-trick pony. Uh, I also understand what it's like to run a business. I also understand what it's like to run a business um, in, in Detroit uh, coming out of a recession. And I understand also from seeing the fraud, waste, and abuse. Our government is so wasteful. Uh, I, I believe that getting back to the best government, uh, being at the state and local level, and understanding on the federal level that we, the people, have not delegated certain authority to the federal government, 10th Amendment. It's not. I didn't write it. It's James Madison. Uh, but uh, understanding uh, when you swear an oath to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, it requires people to have the discipline to actually follow through on that. Um, I, I truly believe that uh, having is not just about the veteran, but it's about the, the actual uh, person who you're voting for. And candidates matter. Uh, I do have the military background. Uh, but I also understand how our government is supposed to function. And not only am I a veteran, but I'm also a businessman who understands that our country is, is great because of, uh, of our capitalistic system uh, of self-determination uh, that allows uh, everybody to achieve the American dream when the federal government stays out of the way. Um, I see here that Debbie Stabenow votes with Chuck Schumer about 95 percent of the time. What would you do, like 85, 90? What's your what do you what's your expected percentage? <laughs> um, well, you know, I heard the other day on the trail that uh, with numbers like that, Debbie is an enemy of the state. And uh, I have to tell you, I mean, even if even if you are uh, a Democrat and you look at those numbers, you have to say that that by the numbers, Debbie Stabenow has a solid A as a New York senator. How does that 
represent uh, Michigan. It doesn't. And for somebody who, uh, who, who says that she puts people before politics, it's a lie. It's a lie, and we have data. Uh, Democrats are afraid of data. But you know what? Data doesn't care about your feelings. And right now the proof is that she votes with a New York senator, a progressive New York senator, and she's more aligned with the disconnected coastal elites than she is with the hardworking people of Michigan. I will be aligned with the hardworking people of Michigan. And uh, you can find out more about my views on johnjamesforsenate.com. You can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter at johnjamesmi. I, I was looking at your your website, which is great, um, and I, I'm realizing I'm really out of shape when I look at your picture. Yeah, shut I, up, I, shut I, up, it's shut just up. depressing me. I think you're well, trying to inspire us, and I'm just depressed. That's why you don't have a lean six sigma black belt like oh, I do, like you do. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, John, um, you know, I, you're right about. I went to Detroit and. Uh, I thought I, I've seen war zones that look better than this. I, I can't believe it's an American city, and especially Detroit, the American city. Um, you know, you know, uh, you're, you're right. And um, in in my father's lifetime, uh, Michigan was the place that people came for opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, immigrants who immigrated here correctly, the right way, legally, who came here legally, uh, and were able to come to Michigan to pursue opportunity. And uh, while the, the, the decades of, uh, of, of liberal uh, mismanagement, uh, Michigan has, uh, has been, and a lot, and most of this has been on Debbie Stabenow's watch. She's either been in Lansing or Washington for the past 43 years, and she has been like Nero watching Michigan crumble. Um, I, I truly believe that by having somebody who understands uh, national security and economic opportunity, and you mentioned the Lean Six Sigma black belt. That is a that is a, uh, a, a, a supply chain uh, operations management discipline that focuses on increasing the efficiency and effectiveness of, of organizations. I've worked in the largest government bureaucracy uh, that we have, the U.S. Army, and I've been successful in it. I also understand how to be successful in business. I understand how to make things more efficient and effective, and I understand how to, to ask the right questions. And so I think that's a skill set that Debbie Stabenow has not, she has not had the occasion to develop the skill set to qualify to be a senator in her 43 years in elected office. I have from both the military and the private sector, and I believe that we'll be, we need to get better results, more results immediately for the people who've been suffering in the state of Michigan. John James running for the U.S. Senate uh, in Michigan against uh, Debbie Stabenow. And it's good to talk to you, John. God bless and good luck. Thanks so much. He's trying to, he's trying to make that Six Sigma black belt like a Jack Welsh thing. Please, <laughs> I didn't get my black belt from Welsh. I don't think they. Yeah, forget it. <laughs> That's going to be very mean. Okay, so John James for Senate.com is the place to go at John James M I. Uh, and uh, he was he was great. I mean, he's uh, it's an interesting. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he can win. But that's what they said about Trump in Michigan, too, and he did. So uh, I think Michigan's not the Michigan it used to be. I, yeah. think, I think Michigan has been like, you know what? Mm, this isn't really working. And, and Stabenow is one of the worst. I mean, she is really on that far, far, far left side of the Democrats. No. I mean, maybe they could embrace a more moderate Democrat. But, no. Uh, I'd rather, I'd rather they go a different direction, and John James is a great one. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, let me tell you about Car Shield. If you've ever taken your car in for an oil change and the mechanic finds something wrong, hey, surprise, and you're, you're picking it up, and you're like, wait, what? 
What did you do to my car? Huh? If you have an extended vehicle protection uh, warranty, if you will, or a, uh, I guess it, I, I, I guess by law, I'm only allowed to call it extended vehicle protection because only the manufacturer has a warranty. Oh, shut up. Here's the thing. You have car shield. You don't have to worry about unexpected surprises. You don't have to worry about that little check engine light coming on. If your car breaks down after the warranty expires, you could be out of, you know, thousands of dollars right out of your pocket. Replacing your engine alone can cost thousands, but even a simple uh, sensor can cost over a thousand dollars. There's nothing simple, unfortunately, about today's cars and you can't do the work yourself. Now, Car Shield will cover you. They also have 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed, and it's all free. If your car has 5,000 to 150,000 miles, it doesn't mean you have to pay high repair bills. Car Shield, they'll take care of it for you. Save yourself from the high repair bills. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection before something goes wrong. Call 1-800-CAR-6100. Mention the promo code BECK or visit carshield.com and use the promo code BECK. Save 10% now at carshield.com. Promo code BECK. Deductible may apply. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. I don't hear this these headlines every day. I've got I've got two stories. One is about the self-taught rocket scientist <laughs> who blasted He's a self-taught self-taught rocket rocket side. Side. yes okay. right that's uh, you know that's do it yourself hey that's important youtube is out there <laughs> um and uh, the other one is the mother that crashed her car into a pole to prove to her kids that god was real which one do you want uh, choose well, your well, I, which let's, one? let's go self-taught rocket okay self-talk ro- self-taught rocket scientist has blasted himself into the california sky using steam-powered contraption that he built in his garage this is his first step in his long-term aim of proving the earth is flat. <laughs> Mad Mike Hughes. Mad's in uh, quotation marks. He must. Uh, is that his nickname for himself or is that perhaps someone I think he else's? might embrace okay. that. Yeah. Um, he propelled himself um, 1,800 feet into the air <laughs> ab- above the Mojave Desert in a homemade rocket before deploying his parachute and landing back to earth with a bump. He is a 61-year-old limo driver who uh, believes that the earth is flat. He says, am I glad I did it? Yeah, I guess. I probably won't be able to get out of bed tomorrow, but at least I can go and have dinner with my cats tonight. This guy he is... seems like the person, type of person who might be having cats for dinner. It might be the kind of person that Homeland Security should keep an eye on. The flat earther who has spent around $20,000 pursuing his rocket dream since 2016 admitted he was relieved to finally have achieved his goal of following several aborted attempts. You did. A, you're not going to get it. No, no, the no. First he, try. No, no, no. He, you know, he had several attempts. And some people ridiculed him, and he said he was tired of people saying I chickened out and uh, that I really didn't build a rocket. He said, I'm tired of that stuff, so I manned up, but I did it. He said, you know, I don't know if you know this, but rockets can kill you in 10 different ways. 
I bet there's more ways that a rocket can kill you than 10. Uh, He said uh, the California native was forced to postpone his takeoff uh, and his attempt last year from an abandoned runway in a ghost town located about 200 miles east of Los Angeles due to his motorhome slash rocket launcher breaking down. Yeah, it does happen with a lot. NASA's hit faced that many times. A lot of their mobile homes break down before shuttle launches. So it's a it's a motorhome slash rocket launcher. <laughs> and did I mention that the rocket is steam powered? Well, it's got to be steam powered. What else are you going to do with it? He said that he has a hard time getting permits for it. <laughs> I just go to the steam powered rocket division of any local, uh, you know, government building. Sure. Uh, I actually find this to be a little inspiring, don't you? Yeah. So what? You know, you know, so what? The earth isn't flat and he's going to he's not going to win this one. OK, but he took 20 grand of his own money, built a steam powered rocket shot 1800 feet in the air. Could you do that? No, I no. Couldn't. No. Would I want to? No. no. Anyway, anyway uh, he says um, he wants to, his next rocket will take him 68 miles up in space so he can photograph. <laughs> Wait. 1800 feet to 68 miles yeah that's you may want nice. a mid-step in there somewhere uh, i don't know no he said i you know do i believe the earth is shaped like a frisbee i do believe it is i can't disprove it after months of research so he needs to get up into space and settle this once and for all <laughs> glenn back mercury So, most of the reports over the weekend, if you were watching that in the mainstream media, it looked like the entire country took to the streets this weekend to protest the evil Second Amendment. The March for Our Lives is what it was called. Supposedly organized by the teenage survivors of the Parkland shooting. It is so, it's, it's so absurd that it's laughable to say that. The march was slated to be a massive show of force against guns, which, according to march organizers, are the, the, the cause of school shootings. No, they're really not. The mainstream media has applauded the march, of course. They've held these kids up on their shoulders. CNN article said of the young speakers in Washington, D.C., the gathering for the event, they were defiant, they were outraged, and they were determined. Wow. Wow. Did you ever hear that about the Tea Party? That they were defiant? That they were that they were determined that they were outraged uh no not in not unless it was a pejorative they had a resounding message for the lawmakers in washington enough gun violence end quote now the celebrity uh donors this time around included george clooney oprah winfrey and steven spielberg they all pledged half a million dollars each Gucci donated $500,000 and the Miami Dolphins $100,000. May I ask, where was all this money after Sandy Hook? Where were the marches and the protests? Where were the, the similar nonstop screeds against President Obama? How come? Where, where were they? To me, it seems like every weekend there's a new protest, a new cause for outrage. And quite honestly, I'm kind of bored by it all. If you took the media's word for it, it would seem like it was the country's uh, largest events ever, and the country was largely in agreement. Saturday's march, for example, hailed as one of the largest of its kind. I read someplace it was the largest 
really? Because I saw the crowd, and then I remember the Tea Party movement. I, I remember hearing that as inconsequential. And there were more people at the Tea Party rally. Organizers boasted that in D.C. alone, there were 800,000 people in attendance. A tweet from the March for Our Lives account announced that more than 850,000 marched with us in D.C. Together we're so powerful. Together we will, quote, hashtag throw them out, end quote. An objective estimate of the crowd size determined by CBS News, actually a little over 200,000 people. I have to tell you, there wasn't 200,000 people, there weren't 850,000 people. It was about the size of the rally uh, that we did, the uh, Restoring Honor rally. And that was about 750,000, between 500 and 750,000. It's still an awful lot of people. Not when you have all of the organizations uh, behind it that they had, but still people are people and numbers are numbers. Oh, but wait a minute. Hang on. I forgot. <laughs> to the organizers of the rally? Facts clearly don't matter. It's Monday, March 26th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. So glad that you're you're here today. Did you see the... Because we were in Los Angeles. I was in Los Angeles over the weekend, and I didn't really... Was there Was there even a rally in Los Angeles? I mean... Nobody I was around even talked about it at all. I didn't see anything on the streets. I'm sure there was in Los Angeles, but well, you know the the, uh, the media noticed though. The media, yeah, they yeah, were. They were. I was. I was interested because I saw a lot of uh, you know on conservative Twitter was posting a lot of the c- controversial signs, the mm-hmm. ones that they were mocking, you know, the religion of people mm-hmm. and saying how. Uh, you know, that were blatantly left-wing, socialist, borderline communist messages and all these things. I saw a few of those on conservative websites, and I was like, I, you know, I wanted to see that list of maybe someone compiled a list. So I searched for the worst signs for the March of uh, mm-hmm. for Lives movement. This is what came up. Here are all the best signs for the March of Our Lives. America, your children, not your guns. Memorable signs for March of Our Lives. Here are the best signs for March of Our Lives. Here are the best signs for March of Our Lives. What about... What These about, are all different sources, by the way. Times, Slate, uh, ABC, Washington the, Post. What about the bad ones? The best signs from March of Our Lives. What about the Maybe ones... Maybe you're looking for this one from Business Insider. Here are some of the best signs from March of Our Lives protests. No, I was, I was looking for the bad ones. Here's another one. Uh, <laughs> uh, student shouts out with some of the best signs from the March of Our Lives. Can you imagine if the signs said, if we would have marched with signs, when we went to the rally for... Uh, not Rally for America, Restoring Honor, mm-hmm. we didn't bring signs. It, had there been one sign, one, mm-hmm. that said something about Obama or said something about the other side, it w- that's all they would have concentrated on. Here there were signs that were horrible about Dana, Dana Lash from oh the NRA. God. Personal attacks against her, her family, uh, because she, I mean, and let's be honest about it. They don't know that Dana Lash has been around and, and done multiple bestsellers no and had a successful radio show and no. TV show. They, they they know her from one interview she did on CNN, right? Uh, and she is, her family and her are subject to incredible personal attacks for absolutely no reason for defending one of our constitutional rights on television. If she doesn't want to be trashed, she should stop acting like trash. She's the public face of a terrorist organization, and she spent last month attacking children who had been shot at. Unbelievable. Uh, Oh, wait, I got another one. March for Our Lives, the most inspiring protest signs. 
March for our lives. Best signs from the rally. Then you get some. finally get to the worst. The five worst takes from coverage from the 2018 March of Our Lives from Media Matters. That's the next result. Unbelievable. I mean, it's incredible. And it's like, you know, yes, are there plenty of people who went to that rally? Plenty of them who, you know, believe, I believe wrongly in in the solutions to gun violence, but take it seriously and want to protect children, of course. Uh, But that is not the way that they would cover it in the in the in the other. That's one of the reasons why you said no signs, because the 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 idea that something gets taken out of context, that some um, uh, someone uh, who is there brings a sign that is actually bad. The idea that someone could bring a sign who doesn't even support the movement that is bad. So you said, you know what? No signs. Let's just go there. And we'll 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 have a normal person gathering because you know when you go out and you talk to friends about issues you're not bringing signs right signs are for show, and this isn't supposed to be about a show. Now here is a, a bunch of people who brought signs. Some of them were fine. Most of them though were either even the ones that were okay and not you know you know really offensive towards individuals were very mocking in tone and 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 you know, it's just the way they did it. You know I mean they they. If the if the Tea Party had done the same thing, it would have been, uh, you know, a massacre oh, in the it press. It would have been horrible. It would have been horrible. horrible. And, and it's it's just frustrating because they don't even try. You know, there are issues in which the press does uh, what I consider to be a left leaning job, but an okay job. They're trying to present both sides. They don't present the conservative side fairly, in my opinion, at times. Right? This is one they they have abandoned all ideas of journalism. They have just said, you know what? We're right on this one. We're not going to allow the other side at all. We're going to squash it at every opportunity with very limited exceptions. And there have been a couple of exceptions, but very limited. This is an all-out advocacy campaign. They cannot stop themselves. They want this so badly. They can't help themselves. They have turned into an absolute left-wing advocacy program for changes uh, in, in gun control. And and they will use, including children, use anything at their at their uh, at their uh, side. They're really hurting themselves by making this by by making this particular uh, shooting as the one that, that you were supposed to rally around. I don't feel this uh, this groundswell. I, I feel a political groundswell yeah. for the left that they think that this is going to be so good. I don't feel the average person. In a groundswell here. I do this think this is, is a, uh, manufactured a bit by the media. They're, they're trying, they've tried so hard to turn these kids into celebrities. And again, you've talked about this from back. Good movements have done this, right? You know, what was it? Was the, the back Hitler of the bus? Youth? Well, no, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. Uh, if you remember uh, Rosa Parks, right? Wasn't it Rosa Parks? And yes. f- correct me if I'm wrong in the history of this. I can't remember the exact incident. She was not the first. She was not the first person who mm-hmm. did what Rosa Parks did. Yes. But the first person wasn't as... Uh, the first person I, I can't remember may have been a teenaged and pregnant, or there was there was some there was some issue that they thought that's all they're going to talk about. That's all they're going to talk about, and so you know whatever it was, uh, she wasn't she wasn't the poster child, mm-hmm. and so Rosa Parks was not the first to do it. No, but they they ha- held they, up Rosa Parks because she was a great example, and I exactly think that's right. what they're trying to do with these kids. But these aren't good examples. No, I mean the, the, the David the, Hogg thing in particular. He's awful. Is just terrible. He I mean, is I, awful. I, I think uh, and I, uh, Emma, I can't think of her last name, um, who was another one of the faces of this many. But Gonzales. she looks she looks angry. She looks uh, like a revolutionary. I mean, if you're trying to appeal to the to the revolutionary left, you already got that. 
You already have yeah. those people. Yeah. She's she's angry. Uh, she's better than David Ogg. Yes. She, I mean, she's wearing a Cuban flag on your... And again, you know, you can... There might be... Maybe she has, you know, Cuban heritage or whatever, no, but still, no. you don't put a Cuban flag no, on No, if it. you have Cuban heritage... You definitely don't right. put you the Cuban flag. Embrace, you know, that right. that regime and what it's become. Um, and, you know, and I think with, with her, she's at least a compelling character in some ways. He's like, he reminds me of, you know, because for years and years and years, the left tried really hard to make Ron Reagan happen. The, Not the Ronald Reagan, but the son, Ron Reagan, who was liberal. They mm-hmm. tried for years and years and years and years. And I think all conservatives looked at this and like, I get that his last name's Reagan, but you realize he's terrible, right? You <laughs> realize didn't. he's really bad at this. And for years and years, they tried it. He reminds me of a 17-year-old Ron Reagan for some reason. Every time I see this guy, because he's just, you can tell. He, like, yes, has he has he read Twitter and seen a lot of left-wing comments about guns? Yeah, like, he will he doesn't obviously understand them. And people were mocking him like crazy because they have now gone to saying you're going to have opaque, or you're going to have clear uh, backpacks going to school when they go back to Parkland. And he's fighting that because he can't believe that they would infringe on his rights to have a backpack that you can't see through. Now, here's a constitutionally guaranteed right that he's done nothing but oppose since he's come into the public sphere. And he can't, he can't for safety, have a clear backpack at school? Well, that's, too, that's, a, that's a step too far for uh, him? Hang on just a it's second. It's absurd. Hang on just a second. He, maybe it's just because he hasn't heard of the California school idea. Of uh, a bucket of rocks, a bu- uh, I'm sorry, huh? a bucket of rocks. <laughs> this is yes. They care about school safety, and so they're going to put a fifty, you know, little little five gallon bucket mm-hmm. uh, right there by the door, and they're going to fill it with rocks. And that way, if anybody comes in, kids get a rock, and you're supposed to throw a rock at the guy who comes in with a gun. No, what? No, yeah, that's <laughs> no. real. No, a bucket of ro- a bucket of rocks. Yeah. What are you? Oh my gosh! Do you hate children? I don't hate children. You I hate children. You hate children. I don't. Because I tweeted, "Oh well, that's really great." So they'll have a bucket of rocks <laughs> in a bucket right there by the door. They just have buckets. They just have to go get the rock and throw that. They have to. Excuse me, sir. I need to get to the bucket. So they have to get to the bucket of rocks and then throw the rocks. And you know, I tweeted. Uh, you know, another logical. I mean, if that's your plan, why not just a a little a bucket of little child size uh, child size coffins there by the door too? Because you could have that. Because I think <laughs> that will be just about as effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hmm. they don't like the. They didn't like that. They didn't like that no. one. They didn't like that one. But they love the rock idea. I want to get a real quick update from uh, Brandon Gillespie. He is a student at Rockland High uh, that his teacher was uh, was dismissed for a couple of days until it was all sorted out because she said, you know, if if we had a, a march for life, uh, you know, pro-life, would, would, the, would the schools be okay with it? So he met with the principal on Friday. Uh, and, and what did you find out, Brandon? Yeah, so I'm so I met with my principal on Friday morning and I went in there asking for the exact same accommodations that were given to the students who held the previous walkout on March 14th and he was unable to give me a direct answer whether or not I was able to 
um, hold a pro-life walkout at my school. Hmm. So he basically said that, oh, I'm going to have to go and talk to multiple people in the school district about this and stuff. However, I know that that's not the exact same thing that happened for the previous walkout. He just uh, accepted the request, and then they they were allowed to do it. How do you know that? So um, because I've talked to uh, people through that held the previous walkout. Okay. All right. So is so, there a school policy? I mean, does he have the the policy of what that procedure is is supposed to be? Can he give that to you? I mean, yes, he did he did give me um some of the uh the school district policy which mm. includes that uh students have the right to exercise freedom of speech and press including but not limited to the bulletin boards and like a bunch of stuff on like a uh, piece of paper saying mm. that students cannot uh be um, disciplined if they do decide to uh, conduct free speech during the middle of class time or whatever. So he gave me that. However, previous to going into the uh, previous to going into the meeting with him on Friday, I was pretty optimistic about it. However, after meeting with him, I really don't think that it's going to happen. However, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that it does happen because uh, if it if he does deny my request, it'll show the blatant double standard that Miss Benzel warned us of the other week. Yeah. Um, I wish I was optimistic uh, like you were, but uh, I've never been optimistic on, on uh, the school um, allowing you to do something in California that is pro-life. Uh, so what are you planning on? What are you planning on doing? When's he getting back to you on this? Yeah. So he said that, uh, so right now we're on spring break, but he said that he has a meeting on, Monday the second. So he said that he's going to be getting back to me um, on that day. Mm, Monday the second. Okay, great. We will check back with you then on uh, on Tuesday the third and uh, find out what uh, what he had to say. Thank you so much, Brandon. Appreciate it. All right, keep it up. You. you see the um, you see the Fed last week raised interest rates. Again, interest rates going up, that means you're going to pay more money for your mortgage if you have an adjustable loan. It also means that you will um, uh, pay more for your credit card bills. That's really not good. If you have uh, credit card bills um, and the interest rate goes up, are you going to be able to afford them? Now is the time to consolidate any kind of loan that you might have. Uh, consolidate all of the, the high debt credit cards. Call American Financing. See if they can help help you with that. It's 1-800-906-2440. I would batten down the hatches as much as you can because the Fed isn't done raising interest rates. Uh, and I think they are misjudging things. But, you know. I think they've been misjudging things for about 20 years now. Maybe, 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 I don't know, since about 1913, I think. Anyway, um, I want you to call American Financing. These people work for you. They don't work for the banks. They're going to help you either refi, consolidate, or get a new mortgage for your house. Call 800-906-2440. But now is the time to act. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. 
Uh, Stu, just in case you didn't... You know, I, I know you... I know you would believe me of about course. the rocks thing. It's actually not in California. I looked it up. It's Blue Mountain School District. This is in Pennsylvania. I want you to want you to hear what they're doing in Pennsylvania. And they routinely hold evacuation drills for active shooter simulations. But if a teacher decides to lock down a classroom, there are rocks in a five-gallon bucket kept in every classroom's closet that a student could throw if a shooter gets inside. At one time, I just had the idea of Riverstone. They're the right size for hands. You can throw them very hard, and they will... Uh, they will create or cause pain, which can distract. It's true. I mean, can't disagree okay, so, with that. So I have to tell you. Per se. So I have to tell you. This is actually, as much as I ridicule this, it is actually not an entirely bad idea uh, to have, you know, rocks or something. I mean, the best idea is if you're going to if you're going to distract. Okay, so distract, but then what? You distract and then rush. Okay, so if you're if you're going to throw something, it's not a bad idea. Grab whatever is in front of you. But kids, go to the go quick. Go to the closet and grab the bucket of rocks. What? If you're going to have something, put a rock in everybody's desk or put it, whatever it is. Throw something at them, but then you have to rush them. You can't just throw a rock at the person. No, but if you, yeah, but obviously, if, if a bunch of if you walked into a room and thirty kids threw rocks at the same time and rushed them, it probably would end it. I it mean, would. it doesn't mean you're no, it, no one's going to get hurt. But right. That being said, though, it, it like it's being these things are being mocked. We should talk about the Rick Santorum moment as well. Um, but the idea that instead of having three hundred and thirty million guns, you'd have three hundred and forty million because it wouldn't affect any previous purchases uh, with a ban. Like that's going to be better. Like, how is that? The rock argument is mocked, but that's not. Glenn Beck, Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck program. So the rocks were not ridiculed by anybody in uh, on the left and, uh, and in fact, defended by many people. Well, what's your solution? Well, okay. I, I mean, we can talk solutions. We, uh, we should definitely secure our schools like we do the airport or our banks. I mean, my kids are more important to me than what we have in a bank. So we should secure it. But we're not talking about that. Nobody wants to talk about that. I don't want to feel like I'm in a prison. I know because I feel like I'm in a prison every time I go into a bank or an airport. What are you talking about? Every time I go to a concert, I feel like I'm in a prison. No, I don't. They act like they're already under incredible amounts of fear from gun violence. So yeah. why would they all of a sudden be afraid of security? That's such a weird stance. Yeah. There's a lot of them out there right now. Yeah, it's it's just bizarre. It's just bizarre. Um, uh, here's Rick Santorum saying, you know, there are things that we can be doing that our kids could be doing right now in our schools that might help. They didn't like this answer. Much broader discussion than the discussion that's going on right now. How about kids, instead of looking to someone else to solve their problem, do something about maybe taking CPR classes or trying to deal with with situations that where there is a violent shooter? That you how can are they looking at other people? To to, I, I would ask you. They took action. Yeah, they took action to ask someone to pass a law. They didn't take action to say, "How do I, well, as an individual?" deal with this problem how am i going to do something about stopping bullying within my own community what am i going to do to actually help respond to a shooter what am i going to do those are the kinds of things where you can take it internally and say here's how i'm going to deal with this here's how i'm going to help the situation instead of going and protesting and saying oh someone else needs to pass a law to protect me 
Okay, they don't like that. Nobody likes that. Even the many people on the right don't like that. They want to have somebody else fix it for them. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to take personal inventory. They don't want to take personal responsibility. But he's being beat up because his answer to gun violence is take CPR classes. So after everyone gets shot, you can hopefully save a couple of them. How dare he? How well, dare he do that? I mean, if you're if you're if your sheriffs are cowering someplace uh, and they won't let the ambulance service in, it might have been it might have saved some lives if the kids knew how to stop bleeding or at least hold pressure down. It may be. Um, of course, CPR classes are always a good idea mm-hmm. whether you're scared of shootings or not mm-hmm. but that is not rick santorum's uh, answer to all gun violence stop here for a second though and look at the other side i mentioned this briefly before the break the the assault weapons ban would not cut the amount of guns in america does anybody understand this do these does david hogg understand this does any 17 year old they keep propping up on television understand that the solution of an assault weapons ban would not limit the amount of guns in the country. Right? Even assault weapons. Yeah. 330 million assault weapons right now. I mean, weapons overall, give or take 350, some of the evidence uh, estimates are. So what would happen in this situation? This would not target previous purchases of an assault, of assault weapons. It would only uh, target future purchases. So all the assault weapons that already exist, 5 to 10 million AR-15s, for example, um, would already, would uh, they already exist and would remain on the streets. So that's our, that's point one. Point two, as soon as you got close to this, and this actually felt like it was really going to happen, everybody who is a gun owner and who ever has thought about buying an AR-15 is going to rush to the store to buy an AR-15. You will not be able to make them fast enough. Real-world example of this is our own Pat Gray, who in 2012, uh, after the Sandy Hook thing, was convinced, as he's talked about on the air, that that uh, that you know they're going to come after the AR-15s, they're going to come after their assault weapons, quote unquote, I know that's a loaded term. And he decided to go to Cabela's, I believe it was, and buy an AR-15. Since then, he's told me, you know, I kind of just wish I bought a different gun, maybe a handgun or something, because an AR-15, it's not really what I wanted, but I was just, you know, I was worked up over the potential of this going away. Totally rational thought, by the way, because they tried, right? They tried to get it to go away. If you got close to getting this done, people would buy millions of these guns so there'd be even more assault weapons out there in addition to that an assault weapon costs what two thousand again assault weapon i keep using it but ar-15 whatever whatever weapons you're going to ban is going to cost what two thousand dollars yeah eighteen hundred dollars yeah right what does a handgun cost six hundred six hundred four hundred it depends i mean i've seen them for even less Mm -hmm. right if you're going to buy one ar-15 and you go to the gun store and you have two thousand dollars you're going to spend on an ar-15 you're going to walk in there and spend five hundred dollars on a handgun what are you going to do you're probably going to buy two you might buy three you could buy four for the same amount of money so that's going to get even more guns on the street. Likely what you'd see is a large increase in the amount of firearm guarantee you would guarantee you would so what what is a more insane idea that you take steps on your own to try to improve your reaction maybe take you know these courses that they've talked about you know even sending the promise the school do those things that you can do and cpr is is a good idea all the time but you know would it affect this as well sure rocks aren't a bad idea if that's not your only your only idea we have a constantly praised movement hundreds of thousands of people around the country marching for something that would actually likely increase the amount of guns in the united states and we're supposed to act like that's going to be a solution to this problem (laughs) it's completely bonkers
And it's there's the, not one point of criticism, one point of pushback on any of these ideas. It's it really is because amazing. the idea is you start here. You just yeah, that's need right to start here. It's just step one of a long of a long time solution, which will end in what they really want, which is no Second Amendment and no guns on the streets for people to actually use in their defense, for hunting, for pushback on a ty- tyrannical government, whatever you believe you want to use your gun for in a certain cir- cir- circumstance, they want them all gone, obviously. So uh, Jeff Greenfield uh, wrote, a, um, uh, wrote a, a pretty remarkable article in Politico this weekend that was called How, Hollywood, How the Hollywood Hit Movie That Urged FDR um, to Become a Fascist Was Received. And it's, it is, he says, a mostly forgotten film. Well, yeah, it, it is forgotten, especially by the left. Uh, because they, you know, they don't they don't ever want to be called a fascist. Now, remember, the idea of progressivism is to transform your country from a constitutionally restrained government to something where we can just get it done because somebody's got to do something. Well, that was fascism, totalitarianism, communism. Well, those were discredited in the 1930s. And so now you didn't want to have a dictator because, well, that would be a bad thing. But they never gave up on the policies. They just don't know what to name it. But here is here is a quote. Now, this is um, this is a film, big critical success. It was financed by William Randolph Hearst. It was critically acclaimed and uh, and successful at the box office. It is about a president who is a bad guy being controlled by the parties. And uh, and then he he's hit by a car or he's in a car accident and he he's in bed. He's dying. But you see a light coming through the window and then that light travels to him. And it is called Gabriel over the White House, because as his secretary once says in the movie, I think the angel Gabriel came and possessed him. And that's why he's so remarkable. They're calling for his impeachment about halfway through because he's starting just to take things into his own hands. So you're going to hear at the beginning a senator calling for impeachment, and then it's going to get quiet, and everybody's going to respect the president. They're going to stand up, and he walks to the podium and listen to this Hollywood speech. I speak for the majority of the Senate and the House of Representatives, assured that President Hammond has been a traitor to his party, false to the principles on which he was elected. I propose to demand from the House the impeachment, the immediate removal of the President of the United States. Now, here comes the President, he just walks in. President of the United States. May the rules be suspended. I would like to dispense with all red tape so I can answer questions directly while I have the floor. Unless there is objection, the rules of this Congress will be suspended. Gentlemen, I am here as a representative of the American people, and there are of darkest despair. A plant cannot be made to grow by watering the top alone and letting the roots go dry. The people of this country are the roots of the nation, and the sturdy trunk, and the branches too. 
You have spent $4 billion only to aggravate adversity. I ask for $4 billion to restore buying power, stimulate purchases, restore prosperity. You have wasted precious days and weeks and years in futile discussion. We need action, immediate and effective action. Mr. President, there is a movement in Congress for your impeachment. Hardly time for making any requests, however small. Very well. I shall withdraw that request, but I would like to substitute another. I ask you, gentlemen, to declare a state of national emergency and to adjourn this Congress until normal conditions are restored. During the period of that adjournment, I shall assume full responsibility for the government. Mr. President, this is dictatorship. Senator Langham, words do not frighten me. But the United States of America is a democracy. We are not yet ready to give up the government of our father. You have given it up. You've turned your backs. You've closed your ears to the appeals of the people. You've been traitors to the concepts of democracy upon which this government was founded. I believe in democracy as Washington, Jefferson, and Lincoln believed in democracy. And if what I plan to do in the name of the people makes me a dictator, then it is a dictatorship based on Jefferson's definition of democracy, a government for the greatest good of the greatest number. This Congress refuses to adjourn. I think, gentlemen, you forget that I am still the President of these United States. And as Commander-in-Chief of the Army and Navy, it is within the rights of the President to declare the country under martial law. Now, in this movie, he's treated as a hero. He fixes everything, of course, but he fires everybody and suspends everything. Now, this is in 1933. If you read the Jeff Greenfield story this weekend about this, you heard only half the story. Because I have the other half of the story that I'm going to show you tonight on television. There are only uh, there were 12 copies of this book made. They were made for FDR and his cabinet. And the 12, the 12 copies, there's only two left. One is this one. The other is in the National Archives. Wow. And it is 1936, Recovery and Re-Election or Radicalism. And when you read it, and it's all f- done with by hand with color charts and everything else, you will see Recovery or Radicalism, a new civilization in the making. And pretty much they're calling exactly for what this movie was calling for. Plant the seeds, let it grow, and then pass the legislation to get it done. So there's a little chicken and the egg thing going on here because the way the story was written about this this weekend was Hollywood trying to convince the president to become a dictator. Right. You're saying that maybe there's some evidence here that it was FDR... FDR was, was totally fine with becoming a dictator. They all that, that in that story he mentions Walter Lippmann. Read, read Walter Lippmann from the time of Woodrow Wilson. They had been trying to do that to make the president a dictator since the time of Woodrow Wilson. This was to 
to water the roots to get them to go, yeah, see, look, it can be done. This is this is the actual evidence that they were trying to do it three years later. So it can't happen here. Oh, no, it can. And it almost did. We'll give that to you tonight. Five o'clock only on the blaze dot com slash TV. From hurricanes to cyber warfare to terror to riots, you name it. I mean, we need to plan for an emergency. Because we're going to have an emergency at some point. And we've just seen FEMA. They had a FEMA come out and say that they can't provide proper, uh, proper emergency management. If the, the next big event happens, they're not prepared. And so they said, this is right before Christmas, that every American needs to be prepared to take care of themselves. Well, the best place to start is storing food. It lasts up to 25 years. Now, it's really, I used to think it was really hard. It's really daunting to think, okay, how do I do this? Then I found my Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply, everyone in your household, this week and this week only, can get a four-week emergency food kit for only $99 each. They're shipped free, discreetly to your door. They're four weeks of breakfast, lunch, and dinner, four weeks of emergency food supplies. All you have to do is call 800-200-7163. It's $99 for four weeks of food. Preparewithglenn.com. Go to preparewithglenn.com or call 800-200-7163. Four-week emergency food supply this week only, $99 only from my Patriot Supply. Preparewithglenn.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. It's amazing to read this, this uh, radicalism or uh, recovery uh, book that was outlined. Only 12 copies uh, were printed and made. Only two exist. One I have, the other is in the National Archives. Uh, and they were, they were only made for a select group of people that were trying to convince uh, the president that you needed to spend a lot more money uh, because dictatorship is on the way. And, and I love this. And they're crazy people out there who just want to be the dictator of the United States. And you're the only one, Mr. President, with the personality and the know-how to be able to do that and navigate. So we need to give you some more control. We need to give you some more money so you can direct to to have recovery happen quickly. It's an amazing thing. We'll, we'll try to get into it a little bit here before we uh, leave radio today. Coming up next hour. Glenn. Back, Mercury. Love, courage, truth. Glenn Beck. Defenders of Islam in the Middle East will claim that the Quran prohibits forced marriage. They'll say yes, yes, it allows arranged marriage of children, sure, as long as they consent. By the way, consent uh, includes silence. Silence counts as consent. In reality, forced marriage is sown into the culture of many Islamic communities here in America as well. 
Mohammed married a six-year-old, consummated the marriage when the girl was nine. In Islam, the girl's father and the husband determine when the girl is ready for consummation. And, of course, everybody knows, you know, nine. That's, that's a good, that's pretty much a good, good year. It's happening now in America. Last year, two Iraqi immigrants in Texas, San Antonio, allegedly arranged for a grown man to marry their 15-year-old daughter. The man would pay them $20,000 and take his bride to a new city in Texas. When the girl protested, her parents choked her, choked her until she passed out. When she woke up, she wouldn't be silenced, so they beat her with broomsticks. Then they threw scalding oil onto her body. In January, she just vanished. Some people worried about her. Some people, racist bigots, worried that maybe her parents had murdered her for a so-called honor killing. Well, earlier this month, the girl reappeared. She and her five siblings now are in the custody of Child Protective Services, and their parents were hauled off to jail as police led them past a huddle of journalists. Her father yelled, blaming his daughter for everything. Of course, the mainstream media has largely ignored this story, ignored the girls' protests in favor of a narrative that views Muslims as supreme victims or harmless, peaceful sages. Some, that's true. Others, not so much. We need to be able to tell the difference between them. The campus feminists and all the Hollywood celebrities who rant about consent and women's rights, where are you on this? I'm listening. No rallies, no hashtags, not even a mention. I thought you believed in women's rights. I thought you believed in consent. I thought you believed that men should not dominate women. Are you going to stand up, Me Too movement? Are you going to stand up for this young girl's rights? Will campus feminists like Linda Sarsour and feminist Beyonce rally in her name? Will anyone protest and march for her and the other girls and women who live in silence, taking the beatings every single day? When will we see a march? American feminists, shame on you. You're some of the most privileged people on earth. When will you stand up for actual rights of women? Sadly, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon because that's not what that movement is all about. They're not actually about rights for women. They're about power and control and elections. Who knows? Maybe, maybe someone will come up with a hashtag to make the terrors of Islam trendy enough for progressives to care about, but I doubt it. They're too busy with their hatred of conservatives. They're too busy with their hatred for Christians. They're too busy... They're too busy denying basic biology. It's Monday, March 26th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. So we have a couple of things here. Um, Stu, choose your news. You ready? I'm ready. Power use rises during Earth Hour for first time. (laughs) I like that one. That's huh? pretty solid. Mother crashes car into pole to prove God is real to children. 
They're both good. I, Choose your news. I Story need one. to know how crashing your car into a pole proves anything about God. Oh, you I can't need... do the math on that? No, yeah, no, I cannot. Police say a mother intentionally crashed her SUV into a pole to prove to her two small children that God is real. The investigators... <laughs> Did they? Did the investigators huh? investigate why that would prove that God was real? That's what I'm. No, they just wanted to find out what the action, what what the accident okay. was caused by, and uh, the 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 children uh, told the investigator that mom did it on purpose to to show them that if they believe, God would protect them. <clears throat> so would protect them from the pole, or protect them from surviving the Anything. crash? Don't with you the believe? Pole? Are you not a believer? No, I think I am, but maybe I'm not. Not maybe not enough. Apparently, yeah. Because I've never uh, crashed. I've never intentionally crashed oh, a car yeah. into God a pole. God will save you from anything. Well, because it's weird. Because yeah. it seems like God, like a big part of Christianity, is what happens after you die. So mm-hmm. I don't think He's necessarily saving you from an earthly uh, situation every time. And the point is that oh, yeah. there's yeah, something yeah, deeper yeah. than that. Uh, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Are you a believer or not? I yes, I am. Okay, good. Would you bring in the flamethrower? <laughs> because God will save you from that if you believe. And if you don't believe, you didn't believe enough. I mean, if you burn to like, a crisp, you didn't believe enough. So what you're saying is if I float, you're a witch. But if I drown, I'm not a witch you're and, not a and witch. therefore cleared from that crime. Correct. That's a wonderful. So thing. if you believe, you, I can't burn you to death. Bring the flamethrower in. (laughs) Sitting in the car, her children explained what happened before the crash. The officer said, do you think she did it on purpose? Yeah, said the seven-year-old. Because she turned, her eyes were closed, and she was saying, blah, 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 I love God, said one daughter. She didn't want us to have a car accident. She just wanted us to know that God is real. Police. But, but again, why would that prove that God is real, that she crashed into a pole? Like, I can understand saying, I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm going to navigate this street and not run into a pole because God's going to guide me. I can understand that logic. I don't know. I don't think it's a good it. I idea. don't know if she had the God is my co-pilot sticker. So, like, I mean, if Jesus she had... takes the wheel. Like, I could get at least there's a sense to that that theoretically it would make sense. Again, I would not recommend it right now. If you're right. in your car, don't let don't, Jesus take the wheel. He wants right. you to drive your car. I'm pretty sure that's true. I think, but so. maybe it's that I'm not a big enough believer. Boy, is she saying mm-hmm. that God will help me navigate the streets? And then she ran into a pole, therefore disproving God. Or is is she saying, "Hey, I'm going to crash this pole"? Away? Did they all walk away? I Did don't know. You haven't included that detail. No one was hurt in the accident. Okay, so. Officer said it could have been much, much worse. I'm quoting, could have been a lot worse. Could have been heavier traffic at the time. She could have hit the pole at such an angle that she did more damage to the car. But she didn't. You know why? God was her co-pilot. Okay. So God navigated her into a lesser impact collision. Yes. I'm fine with that. Uh, There you go. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, I protected the kids even though the parent's a dummy. What was the what was the thing about uh, you know don't tempt the Lord don't you know you're not supposed to <laughs> taunt <laughs> you certainly shouldn't taunt him yeah you're not uh, you're not supposed to say hey Lord I'll give you this you do this hey why don't I you know what I'm really really hungry here out in this desert 
why don't you just uh, why don't you just turn this into a nice meal for me? The sand. Yeah, just so I can okay. show you a magic trick. So I can show my friend over here, who I don't think actually is your friend or mine, <laughs> but I just want to show him that you're real. So I'm going to fly off of this cliff. No, God doesn't do that, and he doesn't want you to do that. that that's a bad idea. I mean, perhaps she didn't have a deep doctrinal understanding of the scriptures. Perhaps. 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 But the kids are going to learn a lesson about God they're never going to forget. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> they will remember they that will one. They will remember it. I don't know if it works out well, but uh, they will remember you know the what? lesson. Put this in your calendar. Mm-hmm. Put this in your calendar for about 10 years because the seven-year-old will be 17. <laughs> and let's see if we can find her in 10 years. As I'd like to say, hey, that whole thing with your mom, I know we're the only ones who remember it, but how did that we work put out? this in the calendar. Yeah. How you doing now? What do you think about God? I think pretty well is the is the understanding that I would have. Story number two. Power rises in British Columbia during Earth Hour. Despite their best intentions, British Columbia's uh, British Columbians increased their power use during Earth Hour for the first time in a decade. BC Hydroelectric says electricity use in the province rose 0.2% from 8.30 to 9.30 Saturday night compared to the same hour the week before. Earth Hour is an annual World Wildlife Fund event that encourages people across the globe to turn off their lights for one hour to draw attention to climate change. That used to be global warming. Now it's just climate change. But let's remember, it used to be global warming. Why did they change it? Let me read the story, the rest of the story. The increase in electricity is probably due to declining participation. Also, colder weather in many parts of the province. (laughs) In BC Hydro report published this month, the Crown Corporation said seven in 10 survey respondents said they did plan on participating in Earth Hour this year. But the Crown Corporation says it also marks the fifth year in a trend of declining participation in the province. So when you call people up and you survey, seven out of ten are like, oh, my gosh, yeah. Recycle? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and turn off my lights? You bet. Turn down the air conditioning? Oh, my gosh. I don't, we're thinking about getting rid of our air conditioning. <laughs> Soon as they hang up the phone and they stop the survey, oh, man, they are, they're making plastic in their home. They're making styrofoam and burying it out around their yard just because it'll never, you know, you got to just bury it all around. So we can't, we don't, we don't want it all in one place, bury it all around. And they're doing it with a, like a, like a window air conditioner strapped to their back so they don't get hot. Right. But they'll tell you they're all into it. Everybody loves the environment until it affects their life in any way. You know, as as soon as they, there's a moment they have to lose any of their uh, niceties in life, they they abandon it. I, this is one of the issues that the environmental movement is really having in that they are trying to figure out ways to tell people, hey, you're involved, right? You're doing something. What you need to do is little steps. Little steps will help. Now, we all know little steps won't help. We, we've talked no, about well, this. little steps do help. They don't help at all. Yes, they do. They do not help at all. They do. They don't. They do. I will tell you why they don't. I will tell you why they do. Sure, Go let ahead. me start. Number one, uh, hey, you guys should drive less. You should uh, buy a hybrid. You should blah, 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 blah. If you turned off, turned off every car and never let any of them run again, 
You would save about, this is cars and trucks, by the way, the entire transportation sector. If you turned it off tomorrow in the United States, you would serve, you would save about 20% of our emissions. And you'd say, well, that's a, it's a big deal. Now, it would still have 80% of your emissions still going. However, you'd save about 20% of the emissions. The problem with that, of course, is that the United States is only about 20% of global emissions. So you'd really, turning off the number one in industrialized transportation sector in the world would save you about 4 or 5% of global emissions. Global emissions grow uh, between 2 or 3% per year. So you'd save yourself a couple years if you turned off every motorized vehicle in the United States. That is not what they're asking you to do, right? No one's saying you, should, you shouldn't drive anymore because they know no one can do that. They're saying, well, you should, you should get a more fuel-efficient car. You should... What, you know what you need to do is is you need to unplug those plugged-in appliances when you're not using them. None of this does anything, which is why they constantly express these statistics in things like cars taken off the road or, uh, you know, uh, certain amounts of trees. This is the equivalent of planting 4 million trees. You know why they say it, though? Because million sounds high, but it means nothing. Nothing. Are you done? I am done. Now, you're going to tell me why little things do make a difference. Little steps. Little steps. I want you to hear me out. Okay. Okay. You sure? Yeah. I, I, I owe that to Baby's you after point. you took my, my point very seriously. Well, I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I listened to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It was riveting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you have a baby. Mm-hmm. They come out. They pee and poop all over everything. Yes, they, yeah, they do tend to do You that. take the little step of putting a diaper on that child mm-hmm. because... Telling the child, hey, go to the potty. Go, 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 go into the bathroom and sit on the crapper over there. Baby doesn't understand it. So you, you first put the diaper on. Mm-hmm. Then you, you, you start to potty train them. And after like, I don't know, 14 years, they start to go crap where they're supposed to go crap. Mm-hmm. But those little steps helped me all the way so I wasn't cleaning up crap. If I just wanted the big step, I'd have crap all over my house. The, the, yeah, the diaper little is not steps. a little and step. bigger step. It's a miracle invention. And let me tell you something else: <laughs> big steps are even better when when they're running to the potty. Big steps are better. Little steps help. Just saying. Did now, you let? Did you my, let? Now wait a minute. You said you would hear me out. I did. I did. Now all of those diapers are not exactly helping with the planet. No, but that's a completely different story. <laughs> The IRS released their annual Dirty Dozen list of tax scams and phone scans. The top of the list. The most common scam. Somebody calling the house. Posing as an IRS representative. Telling people that you're, you owe money and you have to pay. Otherwise, you're going to get a punishment, including arrest. And we're on the way. So you better make that payment now. The other scams on the list peak during tax season just as nasty somebody either writing you or calling you and saying you're in trouble with the irs don't believe them there's so many threats in today's connected world and it takes one weak link to get criminals to start to just rifle through your stuff and start to scam you the good thing is is there's new lifelock identity theft protection it adds the power of norton security to help you you be protected and protect yourself against threats to your identity and the devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own and if you have a problem they are going to fix it 
Now, nobody can stop all, all cyber threats or prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But new LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover threats that you might otherwise miss. So go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BACK. Get an additional 10% off your first year. That's promo code BACK. Additional 10% off at LifeLock.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. So, uh, I don't know if you know this, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're a Supreme Court justice, yeah. uh, you're obviously a very important figure in our country. Well, you know about scrunchies. Um, right, exactly. Right. Uh, that's an interesting point you bring up, because uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg yeah. was asked about scrunchies. Yeah, she the says the best place to buy scrunchies. I don't remember the order, but it was Greece, Rome, and London. I think that's, right. that's where I get all of my scrunchies. Right. Exactly. And my daughter goes, she's like, I need a scrunchie. I'm like, oh, geez, we got to go to Greece again. Mm-hmm. I told you to get more than one. <laughs> so that's an interesting question. And yeah. it, it seems like and mm. I, this is just a general perception of mine. And, uh, and we need to yeah. fact check this. Sure. It seems like if you're a left wing justice, you're you have to... the sort of treatment where they'll ask you about scrunchies when uh-huh. you do interviews. Yeah, no, that was a really good article. It went on and on and on and on and on, on, and on. about what a. What a what an icon of of accessories she is. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, if you're a conservative justice, you're just pretty much asked how much of a racist you are. Right. right? Now, you're obviously a racist, Clarence Thomas, but how much of a racist are you? Yeah, sure. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg was on uh, this one was on Colbert's show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, I was told not to ask about any pending cases before the court, but I had to ask about one. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Is a hot dog a sandwich? She said, you tell me what a sandwich is and I'll tell you if a hot dog is a sandwich. Again, like this is typical legalese. Like you can't even just answer the question. Uh, Colbert described the sandwich as two pieces of bread with almost any type of filling in between as long as it's not more bread. Would you agree with that definition of a sandwich? I mean, as I yeah, kind of largely. Yeah. You said two pieces of bread. Does that include a roll that's cut open but still not completely? Uh so the question, her answer here was, is a hot dog a sandwich? And she said, hot dogs are sandwiches. Do you agree with that analysis? Was she wearing a scrunchie from Greece? I don't know. This is important, though, because if you could put, if a hot dog is a sandwich, you're going to need to have a slice, like you have a slice of cheese you put on a sandwich, typically, right? That's why unless it's important to know. Unless you're allergic to, you know, dairy products. I, I, this is not an all-inclusive point I'm making here. I, I should. Was the bread made in a factory where nuts were also processed? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good That's question. A really important thing. I will. I will address the lactose intolerant <laughs> side right. of this in just a and moment. And the peanut people, please. <laughs> there's, a, there's a new Kickstarter project. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is called Slice of Sauce. Mm. And what they are trying to do is solve the idea that ketchup is sort of messy when you put it on your on your burger or your sandwich so is it Uh, like a pat of butter it is a slice like a slice of cheese made out of ketchup like you unwrap it from a plastic container and place it on top what kind of creepy (laughs) plastic did they have to melt in the ketchup to get that to happen it's capitalism baby no it's plastic (laughs) Stu. it's plastic glenn beck mercury You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Bloodthirsty Pat Gray is with us now. 
uh, who is he loves to kill children. Uh, well, I I hate children. You do hate children. I, yes, you have a lot of them, so you have a reason to hate them. I do. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I mean, he's had it. Yes. I mean, you know, and I've tried to keep them as unsafe as humanly possible. Right. Right. Yeah. Because right. anyone can have one child and and dislike that one child and think, okay, that's it. I hate all children. But you went the extra length. You had multiple children. Yes. And like you hate all children. Them. Yes. That's the extent. To which my hatred goes <laughs> is that I had children just to hate them. <laughs> it's just weird. I used to tell them to go and play in the gun range. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Be- be- it- I said the best place to do it, <clears throat> you know, is between where the people are shooting and the target <laughs> really? in front of them. Yeah. Wow, because that's, that's, that's a dangerous kind of grassy spot. area sometimes. He would just say, <laughs> right there on the grassy knoll, he would, he would say, because uh, he, he, uh, I've, I've shot with Pat, and uh, mm-hmm. I tried to explain, no, that's not the best place but he would say no no just uh, uh just right there and uh wear mm-hmm. camouflage uh so if you know if their backdrop was like you know brick or mm-hmm. something he mm-hmm. he dressed his kids as bricks yeah uh and uh mm-hmm. and they yeah. would play you lost how many kids that way 14 it was sad oh, yeah. well, sad yeah. well it's not sad for you because you no. don't like them right right uh right. and that's what i learned from the washington post today by the way this is all based on a real pretty horrific quote they have from i can't believe you said this because this is bad and 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 the and the bigger issue is you know this is a uh the top video on youtube when it comes to david hogg is pat gray he's talking about david hogg and and trying to Mm -hmm. uh i guess expose a side of david hogg people haven't seen Mm. and the fact that you Mm -hmm. would take the entire time of the video for one little quote that doesn't it didn't cover any of your arguments about no they put up uh four minutes and the only thing i said during that whole time was dare I say it even? Yeah, I mean, on, uh, I mean, I guess uh, uh, stations, can we bleep it? stations. <laughs> Just no. Have your finger on the button, and this company, the affiliates, me, <laughs> my grandchildren, <laughs> my ancestors, do not agree necessarily agree mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with the following opinion. Quote, and I'm quoting myself now. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to just go after this kid. Unquote. Oh my gosh. Now, around that was something about his arrogance mm-hmm. and his incendiary rhetoric mm-hmm. and the fact that he doesn't know what he's talking about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. makes it, quote, hard not to just go after this kid. So what you're indicating there is Unquote. you're not actually going after not him. Not actually you're going after saying, him. I'm just saying it's hard. You're resisting doing it. Just thinking about shooting him. No, 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 no. No, no, no that's no. what I heard. Just, he says hard not to go after him. Just saying things about him. That, mm-hmm. How do I you know? know you're just saying that? How, how do I know you're meaning that? Metaphorically and not literally going after. Probably this just going to have to take do my word. Do you own an AR? Do you, do, you, do you own an AR? No, I gave that to the military. I told you that a long time ago. Remember, oh, I donated right. all oh, my weapons right. to the all military. Donated to, did you get a receipt for that? I didn't. I didn't even ask him for one. I didn't oh. care. I trust him. And I don't. It wasn't for the tax write-off anyway. It was right. just because they experienced some cuts under Obama. And yeah. I said, I want you to have this gun huh. and and the Glock I just bought, and I gave it. <laughs> Wait, gave you gave it. them both to them. But if you just bought it, how did you donate it to the when the Obama administration was? Well, I mean, it was just at that time. Oh, oh, I had oh, just right. purchased okay. it when okay. I when I gave right. it away. That is right. actually this is an actual quote from this, this article. Is, may I just say this mm-hmm. is how the Washington Post is just fake media they'll they'll say he was lying and making that up right and he actually still has the glock and the ar yeah they will that's fake news yeah. right. uh, but in all seriousness pat, this has been pat's uh issue from since the beginning the shooting mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. has been to well, make no, sure not since the shooting 
Since they started talking about the shooting. That's different than the shooting. Thank you for that incredible clarification. <laughs> well, I just Mr. wanted to Washington make sure Post. that people didn't know. I wanted to make sure for the Washington Post right. that they didn't think, as the shooting was going on, mm-hmm. Pat's not saying, man, it's hard to not go after these kids. Right, no, but Pat has been on this show, mm-hmm. uh, one of the largest radio shows in America, every day. Pat hosts Pat Unleashed for three hours every day and has talked about this mm-hmm. extensively. Pat appears on the news and why it matters on The Blaze every single day and talks about this issue as well. There are hours and hours and hours of nuance and points mm-hmm. and you know backing up of those points and arguing the other sides of those points that I have heard you personally make. The Washington Post links to one video that has been edited and takes one quote in which you make none of the arguments. Right. We don't make any of the points. There's none of the nuance. I understand they can't include every point you've ever made. Right. But, but these ju- nine words, <laughs> they're the most relevant. Unreal. It's crazy. It's unreal. It's just crazy. And, you know, I, I mean, if that sit down in his dining room or wherever that was and his F-bomb laced tirade against the NRA and how uh, everybody's got blood on their hands and splattered blood from children on their faces and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't show you that these kids are somewhat difficult to love, unless you're a left-wing nut job who enjoys 17-year-old kids making uh, gun policy and setting fire to the Second Amendment, I mean, it's not that... makes them difficult to love? Uh, for me, yes. That makes them difficult, difficult to, to love. love. There's right. another quote. Quote, difficult. Makes them, <laughs> all these things make them difficult, difficult to love. To love. Don't. Not that I don't love them. It's just <laughs> difficult at times. Right. Because, I mean, look, if if you were hiring at a fast food restaurant, mm-hmm. you're, you're hiring at Hardee's, and a 17-year-old comes in, ambitious for a job, and comes in and starts dropping F-bombs all throughout the interview, does he get that job? No. No. Yes. <laughs> Maybe he does, Mr. He's Washington a, he, Post. No, he's You're a, just being contrary no, today. No, he's a victim. He's okay. He's a victim. That's well, true. there are a lot of victims of mass shootings, and and so we, I guess your point there is that we need to listen to them, right? But you need to listen to the victim. You can't criticize a victim of a mass shooting. We can all uh, uh, agree on that. Correct. Mm-hmm. Agree on that. Which is mm-hmm. interesting because I was just going through the internet, and seeing a lot of criticism uh, for Jesse Hughes, uh, who is the lead singer of Eagles of Death Metal. You may have, uh, you may remember him from the band that was on the stage in the Paris shooting, where eighty-nine people were killed, including survivor, his, including of his manager. Horrific mm-hmm. uh, gun no, violence. He was, no, no, he was the reason all those people were there. Well, none of those people would have been killed if he wouldn't have been on stage. He holds a great deal of responsibility. <laughs> so this is the worst or the second worst mass shooting in history. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I there's an asterisk on that. All of the 100,000 worst mass shootings in history are from the government against its unarmed citizens. But the, mm-hmm. if you take all of those out, you get Norway number one and I believe Paris number two for the worst ever. None of those locations in the United States, by the way, just point that out. Uh, but here is what uh, he said. He said, obviously, the best thing to do to combat the chronic abusers and dis- disregarders of the law, like the law against murder, is to pass another law. Genius. But before <laughs> we pass this law, we're going to denigrate the memory and curse ourselves by exploiting the death of 16 of our fellow students for a few Facebook likes and some media attention. And look how well civil rights abuses, uh, uh, how well civil rights abuses as it concerns to firearms helped protect me and my friends in Paris. Wow. This almost sounds like the plan of like a kid or maybe like a high school student. 
Oh, wait, that's right. The Whitney Houston song about letting the children oh, lead the man. way wasn't actually wow. an operating paradigm for life. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's one of the greatest really lines of all time. Wow. And it and goes yet, on and on and on. And yet, strong. And yet, he lured people into that into, into their into their own into an death. ambush yes he lured them in like the pied piper <laughs> yes he did and by the way again how look david hogg is any normal person even if you believe in dung, uh, gun control is going to say that he's been inappropriate at times right some of the yes. signs we went over with extremely marco rubio is a kid killer i mean there's all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. that's completely over the line here mm-hmm. but he's received almost no criticism from anyone you can't criticize him this is the paragraph that leads in to the quotes i just gave you from paste magazine if you can bear to stomach it the entirety of hughes's rant is below the life-altering horror of what hughes endured and witnessed in, in paris cannot be overstated which is why casting shame on the young survivors of another mass shooting seems debased even for him i, wow. I mean I, it, it, he's getting of course the criticism and pushback mm-hmm. that david hogg would never receive right um, and you know, look, I I think his points are pretty good. His points are great. I mean, at least, I, frankly, at least the ones that I, we went over there. I mean, you can't solve these things by passing new laws. Also, At, Paris has gun laws that the gun con- that David Hogg would dream about oh, passing in the United States. Yeah, and here it is: the yeah. second worst mass shooting of all time, despite all the others. I noticed you guys are avoiding the real issue. <laughs> what is it with you today? <laughs> I noticed that you, neither of you want to talk about the real issue. What? Which is well, I wasn't going to mention the Stormy Daniels thing at all because I watched it last night. I don't think there was anything new there. Um, the only thing new was it was just a one-off. Yeah, one-night stand. You which know, was, I one, didn't know one-night that. stand. Yeah. I thought it was a six-month thing. <laughs> so it's better. It's better. Yeah, <laughs> it's better than I thought it was. So, okay. I mean, the threat is right. there. The threat right? is there. That's, that's a new that's, thing. Yeah, but that, they kind of leaked that last week, so we already knew about that. But it, what a nebulous threat that is. I mean, it's impossible to prove if that ever no. happened. Yeah, it's impossible, yeah, to, impossible prove, to prove. But it, yes. it's not nebulous if someone leans in your car and says, oh, it's a beautiful daughter. No, no. Uh, I mean, if the threat happened, it's, yes. it's ugly and terrible. Mm-hmm. But I just, I have my doubts but, that it but happened. But Cohen has said similar things on the record to reporters. Mm-hmm. Well, true. <laughs> yeah. he, this is now. This he, is the mo. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he did that. Uh, he said he would like make their lives a living hell. You'll right. wish you Very were true. never born. All right, so, I, <laughs> so yeah. this is what he does. Just, just, just hear me out on something. What was the thing? Because I read a headline. I did not read the news because I don't care. I read a headline today. Donald Trump outraged by uh, uh, TV show last night. Sixty minutes. Really was he? <laughs> there was one line. Did you watch it? The 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 TV show the sixty, yeah, minutes, 60 yeah. minutes yeah so there was one thing that was said that I think was just to piss him just to get him on Twitter and he didn't do it I was proud of him he didn't do it what was it what was the one thing that was said last night that was just like this will make him move it has to be that she didn't wasn't she didn't find him attractive him. yeah yes. wasn't attractive yes. to him yeah yes. yeah. Yeah, that yeah, stuck out to me immediately. Immediately. That was just sad. <laughs> that would have pissed that him was, off badly. That pissed him off. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're trying to get him to move. Now, here's the latest. Do we have the audio of the... Uh, uh, yeah, here it is. Is there anything left out of her interview, something on the cutting room floor, that you feel is relevant and could share now? Not that I'm prepared to share now, but what I will say is that she was prepared to discuss 
um, intimate details relating to Mr. Trump. Uh, she can describe his genitalia. She can describe various conversations that they had that leave no doubt as to whether this woman is telling the truth. And if she's not telling the truth, let the president take to the podium and call her a liar. Let the president come forward and say it never happened. There is a reason why <clears throat> this $130,000 was paid. And it wasn't paid because she made the story up. It's okay, absurd. Stop. So she can pick his wiener out of a lineup. Is that what we're led to believe? Mm-hmm. Can you get them to do that? Now, that Me, would be no, interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, I, that would be. Well, they did that to Michael Jackson. <laughs> they did, yeah. He, yeah, remember? He had to pull down his that's pants. The only, sh- that's yep. the only wiener test I have ever heard of <laughs> yeah. is with Michael Jackson. Yeah. I, this is just an effort to taunt Trump into I responding. Think, I think it to taunt, if he said she could describe him, she's like, it ain't very big. <laughs> then you know she's oh. just doing this to. Oh, man. Yeah, she's just doing this to taunt to him. To taunt him. And so far, he responded in a generalized way, a little bit on Twitter, saying that, like, well, there's a lot of fake news out there more than ever, but the country's doing great. Like, yeah. he, he's not going to, but he has not addressed it directly. And this is all Stormy Daniels and his attorney are trying That's to get. That's all they want to do. That's all they want to do. Mm-hmm. Just try. She didn't really like him. He's not very attractive. He's not good with women. He's going. Oh, no. He doesn't have a lot of money. He told me he didn't have a lot of money yeah. either. <laughs> like everything they try to set him up. Everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> By the way, my Twitter handle is. <laughs> Packer Unleashed, if you want to hear some more bashing of innocent children uh, for sport, no, that's actually, coming up. He's actually uh, bloodletting them. Oh, really? And then making matzah out of their blood. I've read that in a book. I didn't yeah. know Pat did that as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he just, just does it for sport. Yeah, that's what he, he said. Uh, right. It's hard just not to do it for sport, <laughs> that's right. but he does that's it right. anyway. Yeah, he'll be joined with Dana, too. She's going to be eating oh. the matzah. Anyway, I want to talk about a uh, new sponsor. Um, new sponsor that we have, I... Uh, I want to tell you, I love the story of filter buying. Here's the thing. Um, David is right after, I think it was 2013, and his father and grandfather had uh, built a um, uh, built a company down, I think it was in Alabama. And um, they, they knew that the company was just not going to, I mean, it was a textile company. And so it was going under and the whole town worked at this textile company. So he went in and um, he, th- he thought, what can we do to keep the business open? What can we do to breathe in new life? Well, they not only breathed in new life to it, they have, they have expanded and it's, it's unbelievable what they did because of 2008, it was decimated. And so they went into the air filter uh, market I don't know when the last time was you changed your air filter, uh, but you need to change them uh, quite a bit. And they're a hassle and you got to go to the store and everything else. You don't have to do it this way. You can just buy a one off. You can just go to filter buy and uh, within 24 hours, they will have the filter there. And all you have to do is just, you know, uh, exchange the filter and then you're done. You don't have to go to Home Depot or whatever. You can have it. So it comes every, you know, three months or six months or whatever you choose. And that way it reminds you because I forget about my, my air filters. You could say if if I had to remember myself, uh, I would have changed them since I lived here because I, I I would have forgotten. Anyway, 600 sizes available, including custom options. You're going to find the best filter for your home, for your business. It's filter by filter, dot com. filter by dot com. Go there now. Grab your filter auto delivery with filter by dot com. 
Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. I want to play something from uh, CNN. This is as close as you got to fair. Uh, Allison Camerata on uh, CNN uh, tries to defend Rubio, but she can't really bring herself entirely there. Listen. I mean, look, I, I'm not a Marco Rubio spokesperson, but now that I've heard what he's doing behind the scenes, he, d- he is sponsoring all of these various bills, two of which were part of the omnibus. And so things are happening. And all I'm suggesting is that maybe your ire is misplaced, um, you know, since he is actually trying to work across the aisle. Yeah, I think it's a great step that he's trying to work across the aisle. But I think so long as he's supported by the NRA, um, no matter what he does, there's always going to be loopholes in anything that he does. Because we've seen again and again, we've passed gun legislation in this country. And at the end of the day, you can pass as many laws as you want. But if those laws are not very strong and they have so many loopholes that the NRA works so hard to ensure or that they're they not have, enforced, yeah. they aren't going to be strong enough. Or they're not enforced. Why not enforce the Glenn laws? Back, Mercury. 